As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Birds with Friends on a Sunday afternoon, a pregame Birds with Friends, a rare Birds with Friends in the pregame sense. Bo Wolf, Zach Berman, no Marissa Dunn for this episode. Bo Wolf producing the live stream could mean trouble. We could, there could be a lot of mishaps here as we come. I have confidence in you. How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, I'm excited for this pod. I I will admit, I I don't think I'm speaking out of turn to say that it it would be nice if we were in Cleveland for this, right? I Birds with Friends is represented. Marissa is to watch this game. She will let us know. She's our eyes on the ground. That's that's what I was about to say. So we have, yeah, we have Marissa there. We have Zach Jackson, our, our Browns reporters in the building there too. So we will have anything we need from the scene, but uh, it would be disingenuous for me to suggest that I am I'm happy. And so I, I, I'm happy watching <laughs> the game. No, no, no. disingenuous for you to no. say that you're happy. No, no, happy watching the game at home. I was about to add in there. If you see me turning to my right, which you'll see me do quite a bit, particularly starting at 1 o'clock, it's not because I'm not looking you in the eyes when, when we speak. It's because the television is to my right here. So I will uh, have to – I'll be doing that. And for our audio listeners, when this goes up, uh, you, you have to know a lot of this will be reacting in real time, so it might not be as structured as your favorite Birds with Friends episode. We're going to take this bad boy through the end of the first quarter. Now, we expect that we are not going to see the starters uh, or at least like the – the premier starters in any capacity in this game. It's also very bad weather in Cleveland, a bit of a, a bit of a downpour. So uh, all the more reason that we, we're not going to see those guys. So 
maybe you know we'll we'll, we'll you know put in some takes maybe we'll do a little play by play get get uh stretch those muscles but you know we still got lots to talk about and, and zach so play by I'm, play i i didn't know that was on the script well, like what else that. are we gonna okay. do i don't know we can take turns maybe <laughs> yeah. maybe on offense uh one of us is play by play the other is color and then we we, we flip-flop on defense i like that you're always good okay. for segment ideas it's not i mean in terms of original segment ideas like calling a game is pretty pretty low on the originality scale that's time tested now i'm gonna have to think of a bird pun for play-by-play -play. i see john clark there with the rain behind him uh yeah so it is i don't think we need play-by-play -play of the pregame show okay <laughs> i save was... that for when the actual game starts <laughs> fair enough how was fair your enough. week how was your how was your flight how was your day off yesterday what do you got going on my week it was it was nice spending time with you and it was it was actually it was great seeing marissa in person um you know i, I had marissa's legs i hadn't seen <laughs> we don't have to make that a hashtag uh, well, i hadn't seen marissa since the wedding and uh so the, yes it was it, it was nice it was nice seeing she as well she was in town uh on his camp tour and then from a professional Weird, like, he kept having to reintroduce himself to me <laughs> from a professional perspective I, I particularly enjoyed the practices. I found them to be uh, a good gauge of where the team is. I found them to be more substantive than a typical practice. Uh, you know, you, they really spend a lot of time with the first teamers and the second teamers, right? So you're seeing the top guys and you're seeing the top guys against top guys. Uh, and then I, I also liked, you know, we, we split it up. So I got to see the offense in earnest one day the defense in earnest the next day um some some other practices you're kind earnest of Ernest goes to camp yeah so you're watching all 22 guys on the field typically right you know because they're all eagles and they all matter in, in our scope but when you're just watching that you can kind of clue in or focus in on a particular player or a particular thing on, on that play so enjoyed that and uh, you know learned a bit about the eagles during the time away what did you learn about them during the time away? Oh, you mean their their time away from Philadelphia? Yes. Yes. Okay. What about uh, you? Well, how was your week? And how was your day off? It was good. Uh, got some stuff done around the house. Had some uh, had some people over for a little play date yesterday and a little nice. grill. I uh, went to the farmer's market this morning. You know, pretty, pretty typical uh, family weekend. There you go. I, I had the kids yesterday. And um, you like birthed I, them? <laughs> no, we, we we went to the uh, the Crayola experience in Easton. Oh, I don't know it. Yeah, so it's it it was uh, it was a fun day with them, and um, yeah, we I, I, I had a real good time. I gotta figure out my angle here. I think Cry, it's a great did you angle. say Crayola? Crayola is that what I should say? I, I think so. Is that my accent or my just or my mispronunciation? Yeah, yeah, a Crayola. Uh, okay. Learned a lot about crowns. Did a lot of coloring. Um, did I say crowns? Crayon. This we're eight minutes in, and we've we're already uh, dissecting my pronunciation. Say say the word they they, they get color with. Yeah. Okay. I I guess I call them crowns. Like your yeah crowns. Like if you have successfully predicted the. Uh, 53-man roster better than every other beat writer for three years in a row, you wear a crown. 
Yeah. So if if you want to kind of congratulate yourself on a podcast, you wear a crown. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. So I, I see in, in the thing, people said it's Philly, yo. So perhaps that's a Philadelphia accent. If 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 you can chime in here, because I have the chat on the side, am I uh, am I pronouncing it oddly, or is this the way it's pronounced? I mean, the, it's, you're the not the first area? person I've heard say that. It's it's okay. a, it's a thing, but it's it's inaccurate. Okay. Yes, but it's it's. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, I saw a story that I found interesting on. On the TV, there. was it another Philly straight? I mean, are we gonna? Are you gonna be uh, uh, paying attention to this podcast or not? Well, the whole point of this podcast is to watch it in conjunction with the game. Yeah, but the so, game doesn't start for twenty minutes. Let's have some attention for now. There's a pregame show on, and they were uh, teasing a segment on Devonte Smith's inspiration. Yeah, stupid segment <laughs> on Devonte Smith's uh, insp- insp- on his on his inspiration. So. Uh, here, so so I see it's very much an accent, ZB, very Philly. Um, not the someone, first person. And then Charles says nobody in Philly says crowns. So I mean, let's let, let's let's present both sides here. We are the New York Times. <laughs> Sorry, I, I did not see that there. Okay, so uh, <laughs> all right. Um, anyways, that's what I. That's how I I, I spent. Uh, that's why I, I I spent my day. My wife was out during the day and and last night, and so. Uh, tuned in to some preseason football, watched that that Titans Bucks game, uh, enjoyed that. I had I saw, a, your, I saw your tweet. Yeah, and it's it it's really because I had to kind of catch myself, right? I I I can see why fans and even like a reporter who jumps in somewhere one time has like a sweeping evaluation off of a preseason game. I, you know, I I had not seen Rashad Weaver all summer. And every time I'm looking up, Rashad Weaver's making a play in that game, right? Uh, and so it's it was hyperbole for me. If if you did not see my tweet, it was a joke that I said when it comes to the Eagles, when it comes to the team I cover, you know, I downplay the preseason. I, I, I say not to deduce anything or, or much from a few snaps, look at the whole body of work, and then I watch 20 minutes of the uh, Titans – of the Titans Bucks game. And I, I come away thinking who the second best pass rusher is in the NFL behind Rashad Weaver. And that's kind of like, it was, it was tongue in cheek, but I was like, man, this guy is really good. I feel like a, uh, we don't get a lot of afternoon preseason games with the Eagles. I feel like, no, this is, this is only the second one since my time on the beat. Really? Um, okay. Yeah. The first one was it's off putting Eagles Colts. I believe it was 2013. Um, we can look that up. But anyways, Chip Kelly had it was it was home, and Chip Kelly had explained maybe it was 2014, I think it was 14 because I think Trent Cole was in Indianapolis then, and Chip had explained that they play, they they play at, at one o'clock, so they should have preseason games at one o'clock. But that was the only time they had ever done it. 2015, I okay, thank you, Robert, um, and I, I knew it was during the Chip era. That was the only time that I I I can recall it. It is uh it is odd, but. Again, I, I kind of like it better. Why does a preseason game need to be like your your primetime evening activity, particularly when it's on a weekend? I mean, at 1 o'clock on a Thursday wouldn't make sense. Uh, people are at work. but And the Eagles usually are sticking to those Thursdays. Yes, and I, like I actually like around by the league a little bit. Yeah, yes. you, get, you get it in early. You want to yes. have more time between the end of the preseason. Yes. Okay. Uh, all right, Zach. Well, we didn't have a a, a post joint practice podcast on Friday, uh, so let's let's sort of go through the things that we saw there. 
uh, in relative briefness. Uh, you focused on the Eagles offense after watching the defense on Thursday. What were the uh, main things that jumped out to you? Well, one quick thing before that, there, there's, there's also 3,400 words right now on that practice that you can find on The Athletic. So assuming you are a subscriber, and if you're not a subscriber, click on that. It's $1 a month. You can find it as a promotion for the first, I believe, six months. So check that out um, because you can find join up practice observations. And I I say this, uh, it's I know it's becoming a running joke, but it's true. Bo, you he's giving people their money's worth with the way he observes practice. Um, it's true. Uh, so so what did I take from uh, the offense in that session? AJ Brown had an outstanding catch. Like it was, and I think the Eagles have since put the yes. video on social media. Um, you, you, you hear the term most, it's the verb now, like, like Randy Moss. Mouse. Um, and that was very much the case. Ritter, right. And Klaus, Klaus, I'll catch a beat running like Randy Mouse. I don't think Greedy Williams's coverage was, was bad. I, I, I thought that he was, he was there and AJ Brown just went up and got it right. Did a really good job there. I didn't think Jalen had, had like an amazing practice. Jalen Hurts, that is. I, I didn't think he had a bad practice. I give him credit because he finished drives, right? They, it, it was a he, it was a red zone heavy day. And so you need to finish drives in the end zone, right? He finished drives and he didn't turn the ball over. And that's a good place to start right there. Uh, so give him credit there. Dallas Goddard really looked good. Uh, Goddard, you know, a lot of attention's gone to the to the wide receivers. But man, Goddard is is just such a such a like a solid tight end in every in everything you want to do there um so i i, I give uh I, and i thought the offensive line played well you know the, i've talked about the challenge in evaluating running plays in practice but one thing you can't see is, is if a run is not like stuffed behind the line of scrimmage and that's not the case and then jalen had time in the pocket sometimes too much time frankly but uh he had time in the pocket i thought the offensive line played well i wrote in our practice report that you would shun me for not watching the O-line D-line one-on-ones. And I, I missed I, I, I missed a uh a something that would have been good to watch, which was Miles Garrett, who did not participate in team drills, participated in one-on-ones. He was out there against Jordan Mailata. And Jordan said they went one for one. Um, and the Browns posted the rep that Miles Garrett won. I actually thought when I watched that rep on video. Jordan recovered decently, right? Like it was, I mean, Miles wanted at the jump, but that was really helpful. Jordan said to, to go up against Miles Garrett, who, in my opinion, is the best pass rusher in the NFL. If you hate TJ Watt, I don't hate TJ Watt. I just think Miles Garrett's better. You hate him, and I, I don't hate him. I'm just saying. I mean, he's, he's been, he's been the most productive pass rusher in the league for like three years in a row. You don't think you're sure. calling him not the best? You're, you're no, I'm. Shots. I'm no, I'm I'm not taking shots at all. I just think Miles Garrett is the best. I mean, maybe it's the white guy thing. Uh, I mean, I mean, Miles Garrett had 16 sacks last season, right? Um, I mean, that's so that's basically Josh Sweat level. <laughs> that's not Josh Sweat level. Uh, he's had 13 and a half, 18 in 2018, 10 sacks in 2019 in 10 games, 12 sacks in 2020 in 14 games, 16 sacks last year. In 17 games, you're basically getting a sack per game. Uh, okay, well, I know TJ Watt TJ, had 22 and a half sacks last year. Yeah, TJ Watt's, but I'm saying it's not like a controversial take to think Miles Garrett is 
is well, the you're best saying it definitively that he's the best pass rusher. I'm just saying. I'm, I'm saying. Not so I, sure, I agree. I literally said in my opinion. Uh, okay, yeah, definitively, I can definitively say that my opinion is that Miles Garrett is the best pass rusher in the NFL. That doesn't mean he is the best pass rusher in, in the in the NFL. When you say you're the king of the beats. Is that like a definitive? You're the king of all beats. Well, yeah, that is a, that is a thing that has been proven. That is that is the that is a results based thing, based on pro projecting a 53 man roster, three years in a row. Okay, you're the king of the roster projections, not the beats. I mean, you know, it's pretty much the same thing. Everybody's <laughs> yeah, writing you know. stories. The, you know, the, the real question that you you uh, separate the wheat from the chaff by finding out who's paying the most attention, who's thinking through Howie Roseman's decision-making process the best so based on 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 that logic you and jalen you were in lockstep with the jalen raker pick right no it's not yeah back to the defense i want to hear the defense okay uh two two players had had big days on friday and and uh in my eyes um two players on different levels one who is like a key part of the team and and i think changes the relative upside of their season and another player who's fighting for a roster spot. The latter was Kayvon Wallace, um, who really flashed. And it was, a, this was a classic, uh, Zach Berman, uh, situation where, you know, I, I just, I found myself writing 42 down a lot, uh, on Friday. He was around the ball a lot, uh, way more than he has been in the past. And I don't know if this is, uh, if this is like confirmation bias, but, in my mind, it, it feels like each of the past two seasons, Kayvon Wallace has done something similar where he has started relatively slow and then like had some flashes as training camp has gone on and looked like he's really coming on. And then both times he like suffered an injury. So knock on wood, an injury doesn't come this time. But uh, that safety that safety picture, speaking of the 53-man roster projection, yeah. is going to be a place where uh, – where there are some differences. And I think it's an interesting picture. We can talk about that as we get to. I was, I was going to uh, ask that because I have but... my 53 going into the game up, up, up here right now. Oh, you got one locked in. Well, well no, going go into it. the game. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, so, let's, let's finish, let's finish going through yes, the practice, practice. And then yep. before the game starts, we'll go through your, your 53. Um, so that was good to see from Kayvon Wallace, you know, heading into last week, I would have had him off the team. I'm not so sure that that would be uh, the case right now. But he's got a stack of days like Jalen Rager has. Uh, the other one was was Fletcher Cox. Fletcher Cox had a great day. Uh, he had four tackles for loss uh, by my count and was like really into the practice, was was talking a lot of smack, um, both about his own performance. And then he was good about uh, when the Browns had those three false starts in a row in team periods at the end uh, with the first team offense. He was he was uh, making some good quips. But I think I, I wrote this in this story. You know, I've said that that I think cornerback has the biggest variance in terms of performance of any position group on the team this year because, like, Slay and Bradbury could be awesome, but they're also the one position where, uh, like, the starters are a little bit older and the depth is really unproven. And if something happens to Slay or Bradbury or they take a, something of a step back, um, that's not as good as, as we think it is. I think Fletcher Cox is like the player who maybe um, raises the ceiling of the defense more than anybody because like if Fletcher Cox is what he was last year, that's fine. He's still going to be part of a very good group of interior defensive linemen with Jordan Davis and Kevon Hargrave and Milton Williams. Probably, I mean, 
I don't I don't know definitively like you do with Miles Garrett, but I would say my my supposition is that that's the best like top four interior lineman in the league. I would I would be hard pressed to believe that that somebody could have a deeper group of guys like that. Um, but if Fletcher Cox is 2018 Fletcher Cox, then all of a sudden things things really open up. Now he has not played like that most of camp. Um, he has been fine. He's been good, but. You know, if he if he's able to hit that level, even in, you know, five games or something, that's uh, like game breaking stuff that that really changes what they can do. I I heard Josh Sweat flashed a bit uh, in that practice as well. He did. Yeah. But okay. the, the expected level. I mean, Josh Sweat's a very good player. I yes, give you he credit. Is. He's he's been he's yes. had a very good camp. Uh, now, some of those were like like he's unblocked and he's running in and, and breaking up a play. So let's not give him. Let's get, not give him too much credit. There were several times where the Browns like just left the guy unblocked running after the quarterback, but he also he also uh, had a big sack in team drills and um, looked the part. Yeah. Okay. All right. Anything else from practice? I lost my wallet. Yeah. So uh, you know, I'm, I'm. I'm. First off, I'm sorry to 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 hear this. The entire sequence there, Elliot. I hope I'm not speaking out of turn here. Elliot said, as we're in security, oh, you're going to bring this up on the pod, right? And I said, if the, it was inverse, Bo would lead the pod with it. But I said, I'm, I mean, this was like, I, I genuinely felt bad for you. This it, was not it could like have been much worse. Moment. It was not that bad. Now, I was fortunate yeah. because, so, you know, I, 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 I carry a money clip. I think this is a, this is a long-standing Birds with Friends conversation in the early days with Sheila and I. Uh, you know, I transitioned from the wallet to the money clip. One of the problems with the money clip was wearing like some some shorts that have sort of slick side pockets. I should have put it in the back. I didn't. Sitting in the stands, which usually practices a is a standing up situation, especially with Andy Reid. Especially with Andy Reid, but on this uh, on the defensive side, you know, the, the only way to really see what was going on was to get up in the stands. And my guess is that it, it slipped out then, and I had no idea. Didn't realize until we got to uh, drop off the rental car. Could have been a disaster. Because I did, I, I didn't. I lost my uh, my driver's license, which would have meant how you're going to get on the plane. Yes. Fortunately, I was I was saved by my own um, procrastination because <laughs> yes. my driver's license is expired. The which, one that which I have, befuddles me. Yes. Uh, well, you know who knows what their driver's license expiration date is. So I have the piece of paper that says I have a current driver's license, but I haven't replaced the the photo license yet. So I can drive fine, yes, uh, and legally, but because of that, I brought my passport with me for the flight, um, and so I still had my passport. So all good there, and and I didn't lose a brand new license. So really, I can't. I, I sort of come out on top here because I didn't. I didn't lose. I, I don't have to go to the DMV twice. I still only have to make one trip. So props to me for that. Um, I don't think you you came out on top having to. And then replace I the credit the, cards. I, I cancel the credit card and then debit card. And then, cards. and then whatever cash you had in there, yeah. Yeah, so. I lose. I think I had. I think I had forty bones in there. So that'll be a nice okay. gift for somebody. Okay. Um, Although the, someone could send you, like, like you could find that. It's possible. While coming find a mail. good Samaritan. Yeah, okay. I mean that's what I would do, right? But I mean, who knows? Uh, so the the replacement of the cards, that's easy business, no big deal. Plus, you got the you know you got the Apple Wallet. So even with the canceled card, you can still pay with that. The AAA card, I feel like I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to uh, probably do a little bit more efforting to to get that one replaced. But otherwise, I feel actually, the, good. the AAA card, you can just AAA card, just use the app. 
right? You're good okay. there. Yeah. Um, I haven't I haven't dive, dove into the AAA app. Yeah, so you might as well just do that. No, I I felt real. I I I felt badly for you, uh, because I didn't we had feel that badly for myself. It really was fun. You got you and Elliot were were uh, nice yeah. to to be empathizing, but it really wasn't a big deal. It would have been if I didn't have the the passport. So it turned out all right. Yeah. Um, I then I then um, as you know, uh, because I was a little bit flustered by that, forgot to give the uh, rental car keys back. So whole situation. Listen, it's pre- it's preseason for the beats too, um, and so then I had to I had to wait. I realized that when we got to security, and so then I went back to the rental car shuttle, and the uh, rental car shuttle driver was nice enough to take my keys back for me. There you go. Yeah, that's that's. But, but the uh, the funny thing is, is that the rental car driver when we were in the shuttle together, <laughs> this is a very earnest driver, and asked everybody yeah. multiple times. Do you have your wallet and did you leave the key? <laughs> it was over two. And he kept saying it. He kept yes. saying it. Like, yes. And I yeah. and we were laughing because it was like he was rubbing it in on the wallet front. <laughs> yes. And it didn't even occur to me because I had originally left the keys on the on the seat. And then I think when I was going back to look for the wallet, I was rummaging around and put the, the keys back. I don't know why I did that. But you see, the worst part of it, well, not the worst thing, but I was afraid that you left your home keys there and oh, brought your yes. car keys which would have been like that would have been real the, the ultimate trifecta right there yeah. exactly that would have been tough. <laughs> yes um but no glad uh glad you got that settled and uh and you were in good spirits when you got back to the gate so it was, it was i got my clear nice. magnet for casey all good yeah so uh so my solution I, I i think i've talked about this in the first year of the pod is i have my 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 phone case is has a credit card has a, a mm, credit card holder in the back. Nice. Now the downside is I never have cash, um, and then and when we're on trips, I I keep guy I'll, I'll keep, you know, um, like like small bills in my backpack so like I can leave tips at the hotel and whatnot, right? But uh, but otherwise, I, yeah, I I've gone cashless ever since I've done this. Okay, that's good. I mean, I'll have to get a new money clip. That'll that'll cost yeah. a little bit, but not. I mean, that's pretty cheap. Would you consider the case? Because actually, I I find this interesting. You don't go iPhone case at all. Yeah, I know it's naked. It's which is very it feels bold. so good. It's so slick. I, it's, it's yeah. You know, it's nice and raw, but it's probably not the smartest thing to do. <laughs> it's an interesting word to, to use to describe it. Um, yeah, I mean, it's the it's it's probably lighter, thinner, right? It's not taking up a lot of space in in your pocket. But yeah, aren't you afraid the, of mishandling that or scratching it? Yeah, it's if got you a little, drop it. It's if you drop scratch. it, you're done. I've dropped it. And, and really, it doesn't crack. It's just it's a little scratchy. Okay. But okay. Yeah, I mean the bot the 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 thing is like so clunky. You get used to it though, right? And 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 the key too, like the 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 key for me is. A the efficiency of having it as as the wallet, and B just the the uh, it's easier to to hold it right. Yeah, and then, that's probably fair. Yeah, but there's two like I mean how many how how many cards deep are you going? I'll I'll go driver's license and driver's then license credit, credit card and then card. and then I'll go to credit card. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, credit card, debit card. That's not bad. Yep. Okay. Good advice. I'll think about it. Okay. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? 
Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruits and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. All right, let's go. Let's let's talk through your roster. Um, yeah. So, and you tell uh, me where, where the where the toughest things are. So, quarterback, did you keep two or three? I kept two, and that seems to be uh, kind of a a differentiator for me relative to just about every other beat writer I've seen so far. Um, who's putting out the fifty three has has three quarterbacks. In my opinion, don't keep a third quarterback on your fifty three unless he's someone who you have like earnest plans of developing um, going forward. And reaching that, he's, he's, he's fine. But if, if someone else signed him, are, are you all of a sudden saying like, like we just lost our future backup quarterback? I don't know if, 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 if you're saying that, if he gets through to practice squad, you bring him on practice squad, maybe someone tries to sign him during the season and, and you can elevate him if, if he gets some flexibility. But I, I, I don't think reaching that rises to the level of, we need to keep this guy, okay? Um, and I never have a problem with the team keeping two quarterbacks. That's what the Eagles did for, you know, early on in in the in the Doug era. That's 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 what they were doing. I I think if they kept Reed Sinet, it would not be because of Reed Sinet. It would be because they want three quarterbacks. I think that's right. Yes. Yes. Um, now he has certainly you know, uh, you know, mossed uh, Carson Strong. Mm-hmm. In this, you know, Carson Strong didn't take any reps, basically, or hasn't over the past week. He'll, he'll play today, I would imagine. But um, this this is like, if you really want to get into the nitty gritty, like how Reed Sinet performs over the next two games probably decides whether he gets a roster spot. Mm-hmm. Um, and he'll be one of the players to watch. I think I think that'll be interesting. One thing occurred to me, Zach, and we had the we had the Jimmy G conversation the other day. How he like, you know, is that do you think that's crazy? For the Eagles, if, if he gets if he gets re- released, nobody trades for him, and maybe you know Gardner Mitchell has not had a great summer. Uh, maybe you flip him for a sixth round pick. You okay, bring in yeah. you bring in yeah. Jimmy G, like you have a you have a presumably a better backup quarterback. Uh, you know maybe you don't want to put that on Jalen, but he's cert- he's proven that 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 stuff doesn't rankle him right. Um, I don't know. I think that's the kind of thing that I could see how we doing. It would surprise me if they still had Minshew. And you know, so I, I got asked uh, the other day um, by Zach Jackson. We did a, you know, an email exchange leading up to it. And he asked if, if the Eagles would, would trade Gardner Minshew. And I said, I, I, I never say never with Howie, right? He once traded a starting quarterback the week before the season began. And yeah, you never got that piece out. <laughs> I, I actually, I, I, I got a different version of it out before the Vikings game. Um, but, 
But yeah, so I he, I said he I can't see him trading for Minshew. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, I can't see him trading Minshew unless he has a trick up his sleeve at backup quarterback. They they are gonna they're not gonna go into the season with Reed Sinet as their backup quarterback, right? They're gonna want um, a better option there right. at, as the number two. So yeah, if I if 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 there's interest in Garner Minshew that they can get any type of like draft pick compensation for him here. You you had him for a year, um, you you want a game with him. You're getting something for him now. If you do that, and and you can get Jimmy G, who is a really you know, I mean, when he's healthy, he's a really like I, he's he's beyond solid. I mean, he's he's started in the Super Bowl. He's been to the playoffs every year that he's been healthy. Uh, he's a he's a good quarterback in that sense. So yeah, I I, I wouldn't rule it out to not release him. I, I don't think San Francisco wants to release him. Um, I don't think they do either. But if he was that good, somebody would trade for him. What's the salary? That's the complication. Okay. So I, I do think someone's going to trade for him. Yeah, and I think it's probably unlikely that the Eagles are the team that most would, would want him. I just think, you know, you and I have, have been around Howie long enough to know that he's like every every name player he's considering. And so I, I that would not it would not shock me once it once it occurred to me the other day. I have a quick Howie take here uh, that, you know, I'm, I I have a, a running list uh, in my Google Docs of, like, thoughts, you know, you know, thoughts about the team that I would like to turn into a piece. And I've, I've heard from multiple reporters, like when they're talking about Kayvon Wallace or Jalen Rager or Andre Dillard, well, you know Howie, he'll, he'll never cut his draft picks. And I've actually found Howie – to be better than most other GMs in like owning up to a mistake and cutting his losses. Uh, I, I mean, there are GMs who, who, who don't do that. If you think about some of the biggest underachieving draft picks during Howie's time here, Howie's been, he, he cut Jaquan Jarrett after a season. He cut Danny Watkins after two seasons. Um, Marcus Smith after three seasons, right. With, you know, with, with still time left on, on, on that deal. I can, I can keep going down the list, like how he's how he's willing to cut losses. I I don't think how he lets past mistakes compound in the future ones. And so this this notion that this guy's going to be on the team because he was a Howie draft pick, that I don't buy that whatsoever. And I think that's like that's 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 one of these accepted takes that is not rooted in practicality. Now there are two variables here. Uh, if I think the contract definitely comes into play, right? Like I, they're not going to eat money it, to, to keep someone who's maybe marginally better. And then the other thing is if things are equal, you keep the draft pick because theoretically he has more upside, right? You, you think maybe there's, there's uns, untapped potential there, but I don't believe how he keeps um, players just because they're his draft picks. In years, if two, I, three, if four, I play five. devil's advocate, I'm, I, I'm not sure that I like, He's been around so long that, of course, he's had to cut draft picks. Like, you know, he wasn't going to keep, the, and some of those were obvious decisions. Like, you know, how about Clayton Thorson? I think it was a surprise. Yeah, I think he is willing to accept it. I yeah. think you're right that he's not like all the way towards the extreme. It's just if you're comparing him to other GMs, he it's it's hard to uh, really know because a lot of them don't have the same length of track record. Um, and I think there are examples of him holding on to guys too long, like. 
you know, I don't think I don't think Howie is is the reason that JJ Ortega Whiteside made the roster last year, right? Like mm-hmm. it was year three. He probably wasn't good enough to be on a 53 man roster, but he did. But you know, Sirianni loved him and uh they didn't have a you know a great yeah. in-house option. I think you're right that I think Howie is pretty um trustworthy in terms of calling it like he sees it on on those on those bubble guys. I think you're and, I think you're mostly right. And I'll say when I covered the Giants, Jerry Reese was the opposite. And he was like outspoken about it. Mm. He had an expression, you you need to let talent fail. Right. And so so he he would hold on to these draft picks, um, especially high ones, like hoping that it clicks at some point. Josiah so, Scott Gardner Minshew and I could not see the third person going out as captains. Are you ahead of me? Are you ahead of me here? I don't know. I just saw AJ Brown's catch on I'm, I'm, I'm on my screen. Oh, then you're ahead of me because they're now okay. showing clips. Oh, of okay. I'm ahead of you. Okay. Uh, they did. They they before that walked out for the uh, coin toss. Before gotcha. we get before we get to the game, I do want to address one thing, Zach, uh, yes. from the end of practice. Uh, from a certain sycophantic portion of the fan base uh i've been getting some heat for asking jalen hurts about deshaun watson um i'm sorry i i i have made uh i have made some errors in my time i thought very clearly and very intentionally about that question i think it's extremely fair that you know we're in cleveland it's the biggest story in the nfl the day before he takes a picture with deshaun watson with their uh their joint quarterbacks coach. There have been reports throughout the offseason that Jalen, that Deshaun Watson nixed uh, the idea of a trade to Philadelphia, which the Eagles were interested in because of his friendship with Jalen Hurts. He didn't want to displace Jalen Hurts. So, and I didn't ask, like, I was very intentional of not asking, uh, like, what Deshaun Watson has been through because it's not about what Deshaun Watson has been through. I, I was, it was not a leading question. I said, I, I, I prefaced it with, as his friend, because that's the reason for asking the question. And then I just, it was open. What's your vantage point of, of the last two years of his life? And I didn't expect an answer from, from Jalen Hurts. That's, that's, his, uh, that's his MO. Yeah. And I think it was a totally, I thought he handled it very well. And he, he handles those things very well. But the question needed to be asked. I'm sorry if that doesn't like make you happy as a, as a Jalen Hurts stand, but to, you know, Tough S. That's the deal. Yeah, I think it was a fair question, and I think it was a fair answer. Like you said, like like Jalen can choose not to, you know, not to get involved in the public discourse on this issue, right? That's that's his that's his prerogative. His prerogative, um, so, and he handled it very well, totally. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, but I there I have I have no objection with your question, and I think yeah, if he's he's asked for his opinion on far less. Far less relevant topics, right? So there's 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 no reason uh, that he should not be asked about that. As yeah. as we see here, I I'm not I I know sometimes I try changing the subject. I'm, I got it. I'm okay. not trying to change the subject here. I'm just now saying, you might be a little bit ahead of me. I'll I'll, I'll take okay. us through here. Eagles uh, get the ball first. We've got okay. uh, we've got Gardner Minshew on the field. Ooh, Dillard, Anderson, Jurgens, yep. Opeta, and Driscoll left to right. Love the shot of the uh, of the offensive line. Looks like they're opening up in twelve personnel with Dick Rod and Jack Stoll and Jalen Rager on the field, and it's a handoff to oh a big handoff to Boston Ooh, Scott. Ah. Ooh, steps out of bounds. 
nice run on the first play, Zach. Yes, I, I uh, look. This is what I, this is a continuation of of what we've seen throughout the summer with the offensive line. Watch Cam Jurgens in particular here. Get to the outside, follow the blocking there, and you want a better sense of space for Boston Scott there as as he turns. He, he's probably thinking the same thing, but well-designed, well-executed play. Now, how far ahead of me are you exactly? Let's calibrate this. I I am watching the second play right now. Okay. And, oh, Boston Scott again. Yes. Okay. So we're not we're okay. not too far behind. Yeah. Minshew hits Scott uh, for another first down. A little, little pass out of the uh, out of the backfield. And uh, running back, to, were there, did you have any questions in your 53 at running back, Zach? Just whether I, I would go three or four. I went three. I went Sanders, Gainwell, Scott. And I don't think injuries are a major factor here because you have practice squad for early in the season, right? So the the, the question is, it, it comes down to who is going to return for you. If you think Jason Huntley can be valuable in the, in the return game as, as well, you keep four running backs. Um I'll, I'll get to this in, in the receiver spot. I really think they're going to give Britton Covey a chance to return. So I have I have Covey making the team right now. But, uh, yeah, so I have six receivers. But if, if, if you made the argument for four running backs and five receivers, I wouldn't object to that. I'm not all the way convinced that, that Britton Covey is making this team. I'm not convinced either. You know, I'm, I'm simply this – is, this is an August 21st, 53. And it was just one of these things as I was – Preparing for this game and this pod, I sketched it out. Fourth play of the game is another handoff to Boston Scott. Will be third down in uh, two or three coming up for the Eagles on the opening drive. Zach, uh, the, the Cubby thing is for me, he hasn't shown that he's that great of a returner in the pros. Uh, you know, he was a very good returner in college. He's, you know, I'm going to bring up the age thing. I mean, he's 25. He's two years yeah. older than Jalen Rager. Um, yeah, you're 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 not keeping him for upside. You're keeping him for 2022 right, role to keep that job. And I like, is it really? Is there nobody in the league who's better than him at that? Who's going to be? Who's going to shake loose as uh, Gardner Minshew completes a slant to Zach Pascal on what looked like maybe an RPO for a first down? No, uh, look, he's I, I he's probably he's probably replacement level, but um, I'm I'm just thinking who's going to return there. If you want to make that argument for Huntley, there are like four or five. Well, Huntley hasn't been a punt returner, so it's it, you, exactly. you, you need you need two for one as a but that's that is. Well, like I'm saying, but if cubby. if if Rager's your kick returner, right. I, I'm I'm sorry if 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 Huntley's your kick returner and Rager's your punt returner, right? Because if Rager is on the team and he's he's active, right? This Watkins interestingly took some kickoff return reps at practice on yep. Friday. As speaking of Quez Watkins, he just caught a pass from Gardner Minshew, second and. Medium coming up. Uh, so, so as I'm saying here, um, you know, tight end, I only have them keeping three, and that's well. Well, here I'll, I'll loop back to running back. I see this in the chat, and it's and it's an accurate question. Um, Kareem Hunt, Kareem Hunt's available, or I shouldn't say available. Kareem Hunt wants to be traded. Jalen Rager. There's there's Another no word down. yet on whether he will be traded. We saw him this week. There was that shot, of course, of Sirianni shaking hands, introducing himself. Uh, that was about five feet for me when that occurred. Um, Kareem Hunt, and I, I talked about this with Zach Jackson. You can even do some interesting fake trades because the Browns need wide receivers, right? And a Kareem Hunt for, for Jalen Rager deal with maybe a pick thrown in there would make intellectual sense. This is this is where 
I I kind of call the bluff on it, or, or, or shouldn't say call the bluff. This is where I wonder if it's going to happen. I don't think the Eagles are going to give Kareem Hunt a new contract. The reason why Kareem Hunt wants to get traded is because of his contract. Um, my guess is the Eagles go into this offseason with a cleaner slate at running back, and they have a chance to draft. This is going to be a real good running back draft. This is going to be, you know, they can re-sign Miles Sanders if if they would like. There's some other intriguing free agents out there. I don't want to speak over the game. But all things being equal, if Kareem Hunt would play on this. I coming up in the red zone for the Eagles. If, if, if Kareem Hunt would play on his contract, I, I absolutely think that's a player that the Eagles would target. He would upgrade the offense. Um, he, he would make, you know, if, if you think about uh, areas that they might need, you know, whether it's pass catching, whether it's a power back, Kareem Hunt fills all that in kind of one package. I, I would not object at all to such a trade. The question I have is whether or not, um, you know, the, the contract situation would be settled. Looks like the Eagles pick it up, running the ball on third and four at a shotgun. Boston Scott getting right to the line to gain. Might be a might be a measurement, but it looks like to to me they got it. Uh, I think the, I think the Kareem Hunt thing is interesting. I would say uh, from the scene before practice. Oh, they 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 marked him short, fourth and inches here. Aggressive Sirianni. Here we go. And when he second effort. I think but, you got. We'll see. This is going to be an interesting spot. Is that William Refrigerator Perry at defensive tackle for the Browns? That is not William Refrigerator Perry at defensive tackle for the Browns. That would be uh, quite the signing for Andrew, Andrew, Andrew Barry there. It looks to me like he got it. Uh, I would say of the scene before practice, uh, that was not like that was not an accidental introduction where like Nick Sirianni happened to be walking yeah. to the field and Kareem Hunt was there. That was like uh, Kareem Hunt's here. Here, here's the uh, like the PR person to shepherd Sirianni to meet him on purpose. Oh, so you think there was something there? I don't know if that means that a deal is going to happen. Maybe it means that they have a mutual friend or something, but it was a, yeah, that I was mean, a planned introduction. I mean, you would know all about the mutual friends there. I don't know what that means. Um, that I mean, it's 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 no reference to anything bad. Uh, do you know who his college coach was? Three uh, months college coach. Was it? Is it one of the Mount Union guys? Yeah, it was. It's it was Mount. It, it was Matt Campbell. Got it. So, by the way, when I said that, I felt like it could be an odd thing about his off the field. Discretions. There was. Well, there, listen, it was not that. It was because you did. Have, you did a Mount. You, I'll, I'll, I, I yeah, just want to yeah. explain the joke. You did a story on Nick's time at at Mount Union, and Matt Campbell's staff at Toledo was like all Mount Union guys. So that that was the joke. All right, third and goal from the one here on the opening drive. Thirteen plays, seventy-five yards so far. Gardner Minshew in the shotgun. Jack Stoll goes across in motion. The handoff to Boston Scott. Jumps in. He's in for the touchdown. touchdown. An opening score for that the Eagles. Drive. Second game in a row with a touchdown on the first drive. Yeah, you give them credit. Good play calling, huh? I mean, actually, Steichen didn't really call passing plays much in that uh, in that first drive last week. Today, running you have plays, you 10. Mean. Yeah, right. I'm, I'm sorry. You have 10 running plays. 10 running plays, 33 yards uh, on that drive. Gardner Minshew, four for four. Um, you need to be impressed with that. A 14-play 76-yard uh, drive, which jumps out to me there. 
You know, I always talk about it. Third downs, right? Third and three, they convert 15 yards to Pascal. Third and four, they did not convert. Um, that that was that forced them to go for that fourth and one, fourth and inches. But then third and one at at the goal line. So um, if you're converting on third downs, uh, you're that I you obviously like seeing that. So uh, Kareem Hunt, we need to say, uh, you know. You, you referenced the off-the-field issues uh, suspended by the league for uh, uh, violence against women. Cut by the Chiefs. like Cut right by the away, Chiefs. Right and, the, you know, you got to do a lot to be cut by the Chiefs. Let's call that fairly. Um, well, I, I think the, the um, if I recall, and I, I don't want to speak out of turn here, I think the way it might have been characterized to Andy Reid wasn't the way. Right. He lied that, to them yeah. about what 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 it's, happened so it's exactly. not because of what he did it's because of how he handled it with the team yeah um so you know i would rather not have him on the team if i was an eagles fan uh or if i was a general manager running back's a pretty fungible position i i'd, I'd be happy to find someone who uh, has not been uh found guilty of those things so that's just where i stand Um, Boston Scott got all the reps in that opening drive, Zach, uh, in practice on Friday, Kenny Gainwell was on the field in two minute drills with the first team offense. Now, no Miles Sanders, obviously, and, uh, got chewed out by Nick Sirianni pulled off the field for what Sirianni said were two mental errors in the two minute drill. It has not been a great summer for, for Kenny Gainwell. Uh, do you read anything into him not being on the field on that drive? And, and do you worry at all about his... Uh, his roster chances. Don't worry at all about his roster chances, but certainly worry about the Eagles running back depth chart. Miles Sanders is down with a hamstring injury. My understanding is that the expectation is he's back for week one, but look, Miles Sanders hasn't proven to be the most durable player in the NFL during his time in Philadelphia. And this is um, the second August when he's been dealing with a hamstring issue uh, and hamstring. It, and I, I point that out because hamstring issues at that position can sometimes reappear or, or, or linger. Um, and I don't think the Eagles have the depth that they need at, at running back. And even if running back is a fungible position, uh, which I, I do ag agree with that characterization, there is a difference between a good running back and a replacement level running back. And I think that uh, they're, they're easy to find, but good ones matter. And I don't know if the Eagles have the necessary depth at that position. I say that Boston Scott, to his credit, has done nothing during his two years here except prove that when Miles is down, he could step in and 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 you know be a solid player for you. Um, so I I do like Boston Sky as Tate Gowan with the kickoff and you know the tackle and kickoff coverage. Um, but uh, but I think that's a position that they can absolutely address, and they should end that it would. Uh, so I would say running back depth wise, tight end depth wise, top of the depth chart at safety top of the depth chart at safety are the spots where I can see them adding um, going into the season. All right. The Eagles open up on defense in nickel. You've got Josh Co and Kayvon Wallace at safety. looks like you got Josh Job, Zach McPherson and Andre Sachere on the field at corner. Davion Taylor and the Kobe Dean at linebacker Milton Williams 
Uh, it said Jordan Davis and Teron Jackson on the uh, graphic, but I see Marlon Tuipelotu on the field. So I see Jordan exactly Davis sure. on the field. Yeah, I see Jordan Davis on the field. Yeah, I think that means probably no Teron Jackson on that first, uh, or maybe no Patrick Johnson on that first uh, play. Um, you expect Jordan Davis to play a lot in this game? Brandon Graham no. is playing in this game. <laughs> Why? Oh, wait, is he? <laughs> No, that's uh, I'm sorry. That was Tui Peloto. He's 90, 95, yeah, that, 55 lining yeah, up. He, he looked a little bit similar. From what's, the, the I, I think what's that, that would be wild. I think what's 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 noteworthy is Marlon not playing in the nose here, right? You know, Marlon's playing. Yeah. So um, you know, you, you you have Jordan Davis in the nose, Jordan Davis and Marlon playing together. Um interesting to see. I as a teaser, I well, I obviously have Jordan Davis on Josh my 53. Joe. I have Marlon on my fifty-three going into this game as well. Yeah, I think, you know, I, I, I'm going to do the thing, uh, I believe, for Tuesday, Zach, on the players who have had the best summer, like relative to expectation and, and the stakes involved. So, you know, it's not a ranking of the 83 best players on the team. It's yeah. it's a ranking of, you know, how much they moved the needle over the summer. So, you know, Marlon Tuipelotu is not a better player than Fletcher Cox, but he's had a better summer because he's won a roster spot, basically. And I think Tui, I think Tuipelotu is... Uh, he will be high on that list because I don't think that he was guaranteed of a roster spot coming in to the summer, and he has he has uh, etched himself onto the roster in stone given his play. So we we received a text just now from our esteemed producer Marissa Morris, and she wants us to read this on air. Um, what a and she used a word that I won't use on air. Effing block, hell yes, and of course that's referencing. Starting center, Michael Dunn, 68. He's in there. And uh gotta give credit to Michael Dunn. He's he's um he's been playing well this summer. And I I, I or he he was playing well this week. And if I didn't if if he wasn't married to our producer, I would still be making that that's that's that statement. So uh if you're watching here, I know you're watching for the players in green, but the person holding the ball right now, number 68. Um that's a, all that, over that's the place. He's got Jordan Davis. This is, you know, you talk yeah. about like putting something on tape. Everybody's going to be look, watching the tape on Jordan Davis, who was dominant in week one of the preseason. And if he's getting held off by, by 68, Michael Dunn, let's you know, stock up. Let's cash those checks. There you go. I agree. I agree. Good job by uh, Michael Dunn there. So, um, so yeah, so we, we, we kind of got off, off track with the 53 uh, we'll continue, obviously, monitoring the, the defense. Here. This now, is four minutes left is, in the period, yeah. so we're, we're we're going quick here. Yeah do we do we want to go to the live room or do we stick to uh, do we stick to this? Well, you know, I bugged Will uh, from the Athletic about yeah. it, and he now says he's going to make the live room, so we can still continue okay. the conversation. That that can be posted on the podcast thread as well, but we'll also okay. be able to take questions from listeners. Yes, yes. Uh, all right, so then I'll I'll just run through this real quick for you. Well, as... save it for the save it for the. Oh yeah, well yeah, this yeah, is yeah, we'll it for the for live that. room. I like it's that. all good. You want to you want to you want to uh, polish off our uh, our play by play our play by play chops if if we're in sync yeah maybe we do well enough that that uh, we'll get like the Jaguars preseason game next year. Oh, Josh Dobbs, look oh, at Josh that. Josh Dobbs doesn't take a rocket scientist to run like that. Okay. Do you get the joke? No. <laughs> Josh Dobbs is a rocket scientist. Josh Dobbs is? Yes. Yes. I mean, in terms of like how, how he was trained in college, yeah. 
Did he yeah, get it? He was an, he, he he majored in I, I believe it was aerospace engineering. Okay, but did, he didn't get like a graduate degree, did he? Uh no, he didn't get a graduate. You probably degree. need you probably need that to be an official to rocket. Be a rocket. I I know he had a four zero. Okay. It was it was a big story coming into the draft. Actually, Zach Jackson um, did a story recently where uh, I think Jacoby Sachere with a ripped jersey. Love you love yeah. love a ripped jersey in the middle of a play. Here, so oh, fumbled the snap. Dog okay, so, so you'll be in. the play-by-play -play guy. Touchdown! All right, so the next Eagles drive, we will pick up with yeah. the play-by-play. -play. Yeah, I like I'll that. be uh, I'll be the play-by-play. -play, you be the color. Okay. Gotta let it breathe, you know. Are yeah, we doing radio or TV? Different style. Uh that's a good question. Let's. I'll defer to you. Let's do let's do radio. Let's do radio. Since so in it's radio a podcast. You have to be more descriptive. Yes, yeah, so you got to tell what's going on a little bit more. Okay. I just lost you there. Yeah. You guys are ready for Monday Night Football. I don't know about that. Pathetic job by Gannon. Um, that's that's what <laughs> John J. Patterson says. Man, I mean, You're going to be saying that a lot, my friend. About, I mean, because of the players they have on the field or because know. of the defense. Like they were, so uh, there was a picture that, that uh, circulated yesterday um, from. Jonathan got up from Nick Sirianni's day off. They, he, they, he went out to Mount Union. It's about 60-ish miles away from Cleveland in Alliance, Ohio. They were practicing against Washington and Jefferson, which is where Sirianni's brother coached. But then John Clark had a good nugget that they, the Eagles had their walkthrough yesterday at St. Ignatius, which is Jonathan Gannon's alma mater. So oh. uh, they're hitting all the, all, the, all the landmarks there. Marissa, so we got a text on the uh, the old thread with the former uh, member of this podcast who's also there with – or not there, but who's also on the thread with Marissa. He says, what a series by 68. Pancake, trade that man to the Bucks so he can start. He's always trying to give it a national angle. And uh, MD says, I'm literally shaking. He was legit crushing guys. So, so let's go. Was, was, was Shield's text on the record? Like what was that allowed to be said on air? Because Marissa – she put on her text, Marissa wrote a text to Bo and me and said, say this on air. She'll, I don't think she'll knew he that. He invented you're always on the record. So even via text, is that going to come back to bite him in any way? I'm, I'm just saying. <laughs> David Miller says, what are they talking about? We we're talking about Michael Dunn, who, as you might have heard, is the. It's not done wife, until it's done. Is, is the wife. Um, so I'm sorry, is the husband of our producer, Marissa Morris. And so he's he's known in a lot of circles as Marissa Morris's husband. Um, but he is the starting center today for the Cleveland Browns. All right, Zach, back here at Lincoln Financial Field. The Eagles about to take the field. 7-7 seven, seven ball game here late in the first quarter. Gardner Minshew, perfect on the first drive. As I'm guessing, Britton Covey will be back. Uh, to receive the kickoff. Could be wrong. Britain you like Covey, the little guy, course. don't you? Britton Covey, of course, is a rookie from Utah, 26 years old, uh, was a productive player uh, with the Utes. And small on the, on the smaller side, relatively speaking, I believe 5'8", 170, 180. But he is somebody who has caught attention in training camp this summer. And if you just look at the way he returned when he was in the Pac-12, uh, there, there might be something to build off of, Bo. 
And uh, and Nick Sirianni had a, had a bit of a funny thing to say about Covey the other day, didn't he? He said, uh, you know, Covey had suffered a, a hand injury after the first preseason game, and he told reporters that it was uh, torn ligaments and he was going to be out some time. And Sirianni said, I mean, this guy can do a lot of things. He can ca- catch the ball. He can return the ball. He can even throw the ball. But he's not a doctor. And so he's back on the field. And he also said he could be a priest uh, or something of that nature. Britton Covey, of course, the grandson of Stephen Covey, who wrote the best-selling book, The Seven Habits of a Highly Successful People, which I know you adhere to in your everyday habits as well, Bo. Well, and speaking of seven, Zach, we are knotted up at seven. Seven, seven as the Eagles get the ball after that touchback. First and 10 from the 25, Minshew in shotgun. He's got five wide here. Well, four wide receivers and a tight end as he takes the snap, looks to his left, fires a slant to Quez Watkins, who makes a man miss, turns the corner down the sideline, first down Eagles. What you like on that play was how decisive Gardner Minshew was there. This The, the snap came in, the ball came out, and, Gar- and uh, uh, Quez Watkins, who would be on the top of the field, uh, on your radio dial from the top to the bottom, left to right, uh, he was on the he, he was the top of the field. Gardner Minshew flicks it very quickly, and w- when you have Minshew, that's that's what the Eagles coaches like about him is that the quick decisions gets rid of the ball quickly and decisively. First down handoff uh, or fake handoff from Minshew passes batted down at the line as he pulls the handoff tries to fire a slant knockdown but there's a flag on the play. Yeah, I'm curious to see what this flag is here. And of course, if you if you remember on the first drive, Shane Steichen called 10 running plays. Uh, it was a de- uh, departure from the first preseason game when they were pass heavy. I'm curious to see what that distribution is going to be for the Eagles this season. We do have Kenny Gainwell on the field in the second drive. We talked about Boston Scott. Nick Sirianni not happy with the call. Uh, too many men on the field? Oh, legal man downfield. Oh, and this is something that came back to bite the Eagles many times last year. Sirianni saying impossible to the ref, but rugged Ronnie Torbert not having any of it. If you recall, Sirianni stopped calling a play that actually kept points off the board on a few occasions last year because they had an illegal man downfield. And for our radio listeners, you can't see this, but Sirianni cleanly shaven today. He has uh, gone with the bearded look this week, but shaved for game day. Okay, and on first and 15, Minshew settles for a check down to Deion Kane, who has had a good summer. Uh, Zach, Sirianni, you mentioned what he's got going on up top. What about downstairs? Is he wearing pants? (laughs) Nick Sirianni is wearing pants. Uh, So, yes, I can confirm that for our listeners. All right, second and nine coming up for the Eagles. He right. Minshew has uh, Gainwell to his left, three wide. Hands off to Gainwell, who bursts through the middle of the line for a first down, a big run for Gainwell, who is looking to move his way up the death chart and be the number two running back behind Miles Sanders. Kenny Gainwell, who as a uh, rookie for the Eagles last year, led the running backs in, in touchdowns. Known more for his pass catching, uh, the Eagles want to see him running the ball and miss some time with a hip injury earlier this summer. Back now, I imagine we'll see a heavy dose of Gainwell considering the depth chart that they have at the position. First and 10 from the 48, Gainwell gets the handoff following a pulling Sua Opeta, but it is a meager gain of about two yards, and there's another flag on the play with 151 left in the first quarter. One might say he did not gain well. 
<laughs> you're good. You're good, Zach. You're funny. I like it. And that's a hold on the Eagles, Torbert says. So that'll set up first and 20. And the hold is on the man in Philadelphia they call Dick Rod, 81, the veteran tight end. Richard Rodgers, of course, with the, I believe he's in his fifth season with the Eagles, uh, started his career in Green Bay. No more for those Packers days. But now I would need to say, given his longevity in the Eagles locker room, 147 career catches, 15 touchdowns, 1,500 receiving yards, known more, I would say, for his time with the Eagles. All right. First and 20. Minshew takes the shotgun snap and throws for, I believe, Zach Paschal goes through his hands. But another flag on the play. Bit, bit, bit of a sloppy drive on both sides here. I would say, Zach. I would agree, especially compared to the first drive for both teams. And you saw Zach Pascal there. Zach Pascal, big addition for the Eagles this offseason, has a history with Nick Sirianni, but something I want to highlight for our listeners who don't get a chance to see him before the game. Every game, uh, Zach Pascal throws the ball with fans in the stands before the game. It's 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 called uh, Pascal's Passes, and it dates back to his time as a teenager growing up in the Maryland area. He went to see a game before between the New York Giants and the Washington now Commanders. And Victor Cruz was doing that with fans, and it always resonated with him, and he wanted to do the same when he was in the NFL. 138 left in the first quarter. First and 10 for the Eagles. Ball game is tied at 7. Minshew under center now in 12 personnel. Fakes the handoff, drops back, throws to his right, and it is short of Jalen Rager. That ball sort of died in the air. Didn't quite have the arm strength to get it to the outside numbers. Jalen Rager is, is, is somebody who is vexing for Eagles fans. I think we've seen one of the better camps he's had in his three years here, showing the electricity that they need, but you want to see it translate to production. Uh, I thought he got open on, on that play, broke right, and the ball was a little underthrown. A, a, a Gardner Minshew not known for his arm strength, no more for his accuracy. Neither was apparent on that play. Second down now, Minshew and shotgun. Gainwell to his right, fakes the handoff. He gives the handoff, actually. Gainwell, and this is going to be a loss. Loss of three yards. The Browns' defensive line and linebackers swarming. We're not fooled by that play. After we hyped up the way that that offensive line played in the on the first drive, not seeing the same from this drive. And they have some notable players on, on this line. This is... The, the Eagles invest in depth on their offensive line. There are players who are backups who could start elsewhere, whether it's Cam Jurgens at center, Andre Dillard at left tackle among them. Third and 13 now for the Eagles as the, the clock clicks down to about 53, 52 seconds. The snap to Minshew, hands off, the coward's draw, except it's not a coward's draw. It's a straight handoff to Gainwell, and he picks up the first down. A long run for Gainwell keeps the drive moving. You call that a coward's draw. I call that a good play. Okay, so you're a coward? <laughs> no, I believe in, in getting first downs. I, I, I think they read the coverage well there. You saw Richard. Uh, a really Lecount, nice I, I believe, move number in the middle. The, that, that play is made because Gainwell makes the safety LeCount miss with a nice little wiggle, little juke, and that makes the play happen. First and 10 now, another handoff to Gainwell. And this will be a gain of about four yards as he pushes the pile a little bit. And that's probably going to be the end of the first quarter, Zach. But Gainwell showing out after the impressive first drive from Boston Scott. 
I agree there, and that's what the Eagles need to see. They lack the necessary depth at running back. Did not get to see Scott nor Gainwell in the first game, so seeing more from them today. All right, and that's the end of the first quarter. 7-7 with the Eagles driving in the red zone. We'll be back on Birds with Friends Network here on 98.6. On, on, on The Athletic. Yeah, there you go. Yes. All right, Zach. That was fun. I kind of want to keep doing it, but we got the live room to do now. Yeah, that, yeah, that, that was fun. Un, un, unless we say we'll go over to the live room after the first after this yeah, drive why ends. Yeah, finish the drive. Okay, let's yeah, finish let's finish the drive. Why not? Let's let's finish the drive in. And I will also say that uh, for those who aren't familiar Ooh, with I like the live that from room, Polar Jam ninety eight six, the bird. Uh, if you go into the athletic app, the great thing about the live room, think of it as almost like your sports talk radio in the athletic app because you can be part of the broadcast in that yeah, you we'll can take call your, us. Take your calls. We'll take your calls. We'll hear your opinions. You can ask us anything you want to ask. And uh, it'll be a, a, a good way to engage and watch the game at the same time. What did you do for your 53 uh, offensive line, Zach? So my 53, off, yeah, my 53 all, uh, offensive line, I went nine. I went Jordan Mailata, Landon Dickerson, Jason Kelsey, Isaac Say, Milo, Lane Johnson, Cam Jurgens, Andre Dillard, Sua Opeta, and Jack Driscoll. So not in there is Jack Anderson. And I was considering going 10. I, I wondered if Jack if if Jack Anderson's the way to go there. If if they need that um extra body there. I, I I went, I was having debates on offensive line, Jack Anderson. I'll say defensive line, interior with Marvin Wilson, and the and the secondary with Josh Job. And so you'll see where I went. Happy birthday to the Eagles second round pick Cam Jurgens, who turns 23 today. Jurgens, of course, in the spotlight as he replaces Jason Kelsey, who is expected to potentially be back for week one. It'll be a fun night uh, with the Cornhuskers on the roster because he's close friends with Jack Stoll. They're looking to live with each other or live near each other this year. And he owns a beef jerky company called Beef Jerky. Uh, there was questions on draft night about the pronunciation of his name, whether it's Jurgens or Jurgens. It is definitively Jurgens. Now, I don't know how I feel about the broadcast there, um, broadcasting Cam Jurgens' home address, but that's okay. Oh, did they? Well, I guess it's oh. on the label of the shipping ah, for uh, okay. beef jerky. But if you were watching, you now know exactly where Jurgens lives. And I know that that's on your radar, Zach. You like to make those trips. You're an eagle eye. Play-by-play uh, -play guy to notice the address there, and nice. I, I I do like to make those trips. You're Second perfect. and six coming up for the Eagles now from around the 35-yard line. Minshew backing up, and he completes a pass short to Britton Covey for about four yards. Number 41, the slot receiver from Utah, who we talked about earlier. Was the pass short or the receiver short? Both. There you go. But I don't like to say short, Zach. I like to say uh, vertically less. Challenge. <laughs> I would say it's all relative, right? One man short is another man's tall. There you go. And Gainwell on the handoff to his right picks up the first down. That'll set up the Eagles for about first and 10 from the 25. They keep the train rolling with this uh, rushing offense that has been impressive in this game and, of course, was the key to their success down the stretch last year as Minshew takes the shotgun snap first down, works, to his, works in the pocket, and completes a pass to Jalen Rager for about six yards. Rager continuing his... Uh, consistent camp thus far. 
And what you're seeing from both Minshew and Brager there is you're seeing a quarterback who who knows where the receiver is. I, 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 throughout camp, Jalen Rager's taken many snaps with Minshew. That's a combination I've seen often this summer, and it's just continuing into the games that I wouldn't say matter, but matter more than practices. Second and three coming up now for the Eagles. As Minshew goes under center, Gainwell behind him, 12 personnel. Hands off to Gainwell, who makes a man miss, cuts up field, and gets the first down. This drive continues as the Eagles work inside the Roman red zone. And what you like to see there is is he's he's running behind the left side. They have Andre Dillard. They have Jack Anderson. They have Cam Jurgens. This is these are a group of, of linemen that the Eagles have spent time developing or are spending time developing. Andre Dillard, in particular, in his fourth season with the Eagles, they did not pick up his fifth year option. He's behind Jordan Mailata, but he's someone who I th- I I think is showing he could play in this league. The Roman red zone when you absolutely positively want to make sure that you finish. The handoff on first down goes to Kenny Gainwell for about three yards. That'll set up up second and long for the Eagles. Eight carries for 40 yards on this drive alone for Kenny Gainwell, Zach. Yeah, we've we've seen that consistently from Gainwell. Like I said, known more as a pass catcher, showing he can be a factor in the running game. And um, I I would like to know, too, how, how many of these plays Gardner Minshew is checking at the line and how many of them are called or designed runs. Second and eight from the 13. The handoff again to Gainwell, who goes to his right and is tackled by some uh, by Alex Wright, who actually had a very impressive days of uh, joint practices with the Eagles. That's a gain of two. That'll set up third and six in the red zone for the Eagles. Third and six here. Third down, the money down, like it's called. The Eagles were effective there on the first drive. They need to continue that uh, for a team that 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 might not be relying on huge plays downfield, although they were one of the better teams last year in explosive plays. Third down conversions are critical this season. I think A.J. Brown and Dallas Goddard give them um, good options, reliable options on third downs. Third and five from the 10. Minshew looks to his left, completes to Deion Kane. Deion Kane, a nice contested catch in coverage on the slant, picks up the first down. Deion Kane, who has had a very good summer, and I don't know if he's going to make this Eagles team, Zach, but he deserves to be playing somewhere. I, I wrote the same thing. The roster math might make it difficult, but Deion Kane has answered the bell this year. 6'2", 202, uh, former top recruit. He's 25 years old. He, he he actually broke into the league under Nick Sirianni in Indianapolis when Sirianni was the offensive coordinator. Has six career starts, 15 career games. He joined the Eagles last year on the practice squad. Uh, former top player at, at Clemson. Now, Zach, that way working tempo so hard that we missed the last play while you were talking. It was a handoff to Gainwell for two yards. Second and goal from the two now, and Gainwell stuffs it in. The Roman red zone comes through again, and that's going to make it 13-7. Good guys. Another touchdown drive for the Eagles. Impressive drive. The, the play calling there from Shane Steichen worked as the Eagles would would Want sustaining drives or getting a chance to see these guys in action. I gotta, I, I'll, I'll tell you, Bo, impressed with the way the Eagles are starting this game. And Andre Dillard and Jack Anderson on the left side of the line making the little push to make room for Gainwell. Well, Zach, we're gonna send it to break now after the Jake Elliott field or extra point rather goes through the uprights 14 7 Eagles, two drives, two touchdowns for the Eagles. We will be back with more. 
on 98.6. The Bird, you're listening to Bo Wolf and Zach Berman. All right, that was fun. I I have work to do in that area. You are a natural with play-by-play. I got to give you credit there. You Your pacing's good. You identify the play right away. You got, you're a good spotter. You got the yard line. You got the down distance. You know what you're doing. Maybe the third preseason game, we should just do a full, we should just do a full broadcast. Are we allowed to do that? We'll put it on our reel. I mean, we're not showing anything. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Why not? It sounds fun. Yeah. Something fun for the listeners. Should we prepare for it? Like a real, like, like have our notes, have our, uh, Oh yeah. I I guess, I I guess covering the team is the exact same thing, but. No, but 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 there are, are nuggets you want to get in. You know, I'm, I'm just trying to flip. And you're going to want to get some play by play time in too. So. I don't know. Not with you. I I I, I like the way it works. Right. I think we're going to do that next next uh, right. next preseason game. Uh, because so, we, because we won't be there, so we will again, be uh, yeah. we'll be tuning in from. Yes. Okay, that'll be fun. Some some uh, some support in the chat for a full a full broadcast next week. So let's do that. Um, all right, Zach, we're going to migrate on over to the app and do a live room. So for those of you who are watching live, join us there. Uh, we will, we'll go through the end of the second quarter. And, and, uh, and once again, just to let you guys know, you go into the athletic app and you'll see it on your screen. Actually, if, if you're following the Eagles, otherwise there is a listen function. Give it, um, give it like five minutes. We got to like yes. set it up and start it. Um, yes. and then you can come join us. So, so make sure to check that out. And then uh, podcast-wise for the rest of the week, Zach, uh, we'll be back, I guess, Wednesday after the first of two joint practices in Miami. And potentially Thursday. We'll, we'll see what the setup is oh, yeah. there. We, just, we're, that's the we're next not time racing. we're going to do it. Yes, Wednesday. yes. Yeah, yeah but, but you'll hear us after uh, both of those practices. The Eagles will be practicing earlier in the day there, and uh, we'll be heading to Miami on, on Tuesday. So looking forward to being down there. Okay, sounds good. Uh, Well, for Marissa and Michael, who's pancaking Davion Taylor all over the place, and Zach, I'm Bo. Thanks for listening. And as always, we love you.